Thank you. Uh, who have been part of Moss Brook for uh, a long time, well, for a short time and a long time. Thank you for your generosity and giving and, and uh, caring and being part of service and ministry. Um, a lot happens, and that's really what we've been talking about the last few weeks is being part of what Mossbrook is doing, uh, partnership. We, as I've shared and Pastor Mike shared, we don't do membership. We do something called partnership. We believe that when we come to know Jesus Christ, we're members of the body of Jesus Christ immediately, and uh, we try to partner together to serve together uh, in the body of Jesus Christ. And so at Mossbrook, every year we, we re-sign. We sign up again as a partner, and uh, all we're doing really is making a commitment to one another, saying, hey, we're in, and we want to serve, we want to be part of Mossbrook for this next year, and we do it as a reminder to ourselves. I don't know about you, uh, I didn't really think I struggled with this earlier in my life, but now I realize that I do, and I probably did before, but I seem to forget things. Um, I, I don't know about you if that's happening to you or not. Uh, I make lists and I forget where I put the list. So it's just, it's the way it goes. Um, and so even when we're serving and we're part of the body of Jesus Christ, we forget. And we forget that we're in sometimes. Sometimes we get a little distracted, a little sidetracked. Sometimes we get tired out and we just need a reminder of why, why we're doing what we're doing. And so the last uh, three, this will be the third week that we've been talking about partnership and Pastor Mike did a great job the first week talking about the why, the mission, the gospel of Jesus Christ. This isn't about growing Mossbrook Church as a church itself. That's not what it is. It's about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's what he asked of us. As Christ followers, the moment we come to know Jesus Christ, he put us on a mission to share the gospel with those around us, to share the good news and the hope of a, of a life with Jesus Christ and the fact that Jesus actually wants to change our life. He wants to forgive us. He wants to renew the relationship that's broken because of the sin in our lives between us and our creator, our father. And so the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about that. It's about renewing us and God making a way for us to be renewed. Then last week we talked a little bit about some barriers to being a partner. And we talked about being self-focused. And I know the day and age we live, the culture that we're in, being self-focused is a really big problem. It's all about us and how we feel and what we want and us being happy and getting the stuff that we want and, and, and being the people that we want. And, and God says, no, really it's not. If you're a Christ follower, it's about who God is and what he's about. And it's not about me, it's about him. And it's about serving him and living for him. And then the second barrier that we talked about was being double-minded. And it's really easy for us to become Christ followers and say, we're all in, we give our all to Christ, he's Lord and Master, but I want to go do this. I want my way and I want to be comfortable and I want security in my life. And so God, I'm all in as long as I get to do it my way. And he says, no, it's about being single-minded. And remember, we talked about the verse last week that the man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. We talked about this, that God is asking of us to start down the, the path, the journey with Jesus Christ as we become followers of, of him. And don't look back. Paul said it this way in Philippians, forgetting the things that are behind. I reach forward to the things that are ahead, to the prize, to the high calling. And so God wants us as Christ followers to not stare in the rearview mirror, to not keep 
peeking over our shoulders because every time we do that, we veer off course and we end up struggling and we get farther and farther away from the mission and farther and farther away from what God has for us. And so this morning, I want to keep going. We've talked about the barriers. I want to talk about the responsibilities of being a partner at Mossbrook Church. But really, it's being a partner with God in ministry and a partner through Jesus Christ. I want to talk about four areas of responsibility as Christ followers. They're responsibilities that we have, first of all, to God and then to the church. And if we say that they're responsibilities to the church, then that means really they're responsibilities to each other. Because the church is not a building, which we at Mossbrook know that fairly well, because we've just been everywhere right? I mean, we could be singing, I've been everywhere, man, right? I mean, that could be our theme song because we've just moved around a lot and it hasn't been a building that's contained us at all. It's been the people. And that's what makes up the church. That's what God says the church is, is the people. And so I want to keep going with that because our responsibility really in being partners is to one another. It's to each other. It's to care for one another. Now, as we go through this, we talk about our responsibilities this morning. There's a good side to that. There's an exciting side to being responsible, but there's also kind of a negative. And, and the negative side is this, that every responsibility that we have in life, there's a cost. And so I want to be honest with you this morning as we talk about partnership and I talk about the responsibilities. I want you to understand that if you say yes to this, if you're a Christ follower and you say, yes, I want to partner with the gospel, I want to partner with this group of people, I want to be part of that, there's a cost to that. And again, in our culture, we don't like things that come with a cost. We think everything should be free. That's called socialism and it doesn't work, by the way. We think that somebody else should pay for whatever it is that I want. We think that, that everybody else should look out for me and I should get mine, whatever that might be. But the truth is, if you look through Scripture and you understand Scripture, you realize that everything that matters comes with a cost. And let me stop here and help you to understand about the gospel of Jesus Christ. The only reason that you can be a Christ follower here this morning, the only reason that your relationship with Jesus Christ could be restored and renewed is because somebody paid an incredible cost for you. The price was really, really high for your sin and my sin. That sin that we were born with, that sin that we have in our life separates us from God himself. God is holy and he cannot be in the presence of sin. He cannot stand the presence of sin. His holiness does not allow him, if we want to say it that way this morning, to be with sin. It's like water and oil. They repel, right? They, they don't go together. And because of the sin in our life, we cannot be in the presence of God. And God knew that. And when God created man, he created man for a relationship with him. That's why he created mankind, was for that relationship. And when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, the relationship with God was severed. It was broken. And God immediately said, I have a plan for mankind because I love them so much. I created them in my image and my likeness. And I don't want that relationship to be severed forever. And so immediately he had a plan. And his plan was that a perfect lamb, that's how he says it in scripture, 
A perfect sacrifice would have to be made for sin, for the sin of my sin, your sin, for the sin of mankind. And he looked ahead in time and he said, I have one who could do that, and it's my son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ will be the perfect sacrifice for sin, and he will go to the cross, and he will die on that cross, and he will shed his perfect, unblemished blood, which is sinless. And he will pay the price for sin for all time. Was the cost high? Yeah. Here's the, here's the picture of the cost that you need to understand. The God had God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit had never been separated. They've been in unity for all of time, completely 100% together in everything that they've ever done. If you read John chapter 17, you realize this, that that God longs for people to understand the unity of the Godhead, how well they get along, how much they love each other, how much they work with each other, how much they work, how well they work together, that they fellowship with one another and they love being together. And at the moment that Jesus Christ took your sin and my sin in his body on the cross, God the Father for the first and only time in all of eternity turned his back on his son. And that's why Jesus on the cross said, Father, why have you forsaken me? For the first time in all of eternity, Jesus, bearing our sin, was separated from his father and a perfect relationship and union was severed, was broken. The cost Hi! Anything that's worth anything. Anything that we do has a cost. And if we want to be partners in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the responsibilities that we must fulfill all have a cost. And we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to pay the price? Jesus was willing to pay the price for you and for me. There's a passage in Luke chapter 14. It's verses 25 to 35. If you get a few minutes, read them. Uh, it's, It's an interesting passage. Jesus spends some time. There's a crowd that's following him and, and they've, they've come and the, the crowd has grown and it's gotten bigger and bigger and, and, and people are excited because Jesus is saying really neat things and, and Jesus is this guy who they knew was going to come and he's this great teacher and great prophet and they love to hear him and they love to be around him and the crowd keeps growing and Jesus does what he does often. He stops with the crowd and he begins to say some things that people don't like and he says this, look, if you're going to really follow me, if you're going to be all in to follow me, if you're going to be my disciple, there's a cost for following me. And I want you to understand the cost, Jesus says. The cost is great. The cost may be your family. The cost may be your friends. You're going to have to bear your own cross. Not the cross that I paid your price, the price for your sin on, but your cross. You're going to have to pick up a cross and carry it. It's going to cost you deeply. It may cost you all your possessions. It may cost you your home. It may cost you the fact that you have a, right, a great life, a secure life. You love the job that you have. And God, and God may look at you and say, I want you to go somewhere totally different and do something totally different. There's a cost to following me. And when the crowd heard the cost, a lot of them left. 
because the cost was too great. It was too much to follow Jesus. And Jesus doesn't just stop there in that passage in Luke. He goes on and he says, look, not only is there a cost to follow me, but I want you to take the time to count the cost. And he gives two examples in that passage. He says, it's a fool who builds a house and doesn't first sit down and figure out what it's going to cost to build the whole house and finish the project. And if he doesn't count the cost, then he'll get partway through the project and he'll have to stop building the project and all of his neighbors will think, wow, he didn't count the cost. Look, he didn't, wasn't able to finish his job. There's a cost to following Jesus. And he says this, you need to stop long enough to figure out the cost. Then he gives this example. He says there's two kings going to go into battle. And the king first sits down and he looks at his 10,000 men and he looks at the other king going into battle and he says, he has 20,000 men. Is the cost too great? And if the king says the cost is too great to go into battle, then he sends an emissary of peace to the one who has 20,000. He says, hey, let's work this out. The cost is a little great. And Jesus is looking at these people who are following him. He says, look, there's a cost to following me, and the cost is great. And if you're wise, you're going to sit down, and you're going to take a minute in life, and you're going to count the cost. You're going to figure out what it costs. And sometimes when we figure out the cost, partway through, the cost changed. Right? We figured out the cost for the building, the church, that we're, the building we're trying to put together. And guess what? In the last two years... What have costs done? Right? It changed drastically. One little thing that we planned, it was $18 a sheet that we we're going to do. It's 50 now. Cost is big different, right? The cost, count the cost. Figure out the cost. And Jesus looks at us and he says, look, take the time to figure out the cost because it matters. So let me, let me, let me look at the responsibilities of partnership and we're going to look at the cost as we do it. Here they are. Responsibility number one, gifts and abilities. Your gifts and abilities. Let me read this verse for you. These verses from Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 6. It's 6. It says this. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body, stop there. Okay? There's another passage of scripture that says it this way. Your whole body is not an eye. Okay, that would look really weird. If you've seen Monsters, Inc., right? That's what it would look like, okay? Not all of the body is a nose or an ear or the head or a toe. If you walked around as a big toe, you would look kind of funny, okay? He says this. Now, as we have many parts in one body... And all the parts do not have the same function. In the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace God has given us, we have different gifts. And if you keep reading that passage, it gives gifts. And if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you find it again. It gives gifts. And throughout the body, it gives gifts. Throughout the Bible, it gives us gifts. But he, what, what God says to us is this. Look. We all have different gifts and we all have different abilities. In this room, in theater two and three and four and the people watching online right now, we all have different gifts and different abilities. And it's a good thing. 
We have the ability, my son, the, 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 the teens here this morning were up there and they're playing music. I, I can't do that. I can't, I can't play music like that. I can, I can, turn, I can turn it on and play it fairly well, but I can't, I can't play the instruments to do that. And we need their abilities and their gifts to lead in worship, right? And, and we need people who are, who are good with other people, who can, who can carry on a conversation and hang out. We need people who like to work in the backgrounds, who, who, who love to use their abilities, and, and nobody else notices that they're there. They just like to work and work quietly. And we need people who have abilities with computers and we need people who have abilities to clean and we need people who have abilities to love on kids and we need people who have abilities to love on older folks who are shut in and, and people who love to drive and go through the gifts and abilities. There's a ton of different things that we have been given abilities to do and everyone in this room has different abilities. And God says, look, that's what makes the body work are all of those abilities working together. All of those abilities doing their part. All of those abilities serving. And if all of those parts do their part well, then the body functions well, right? If, if, if we were all a hand or a head or an eye or a nose or a toe, the body would have a hard time to function if just one of those members made up the whole body. You need every part. And when one part doesn't work well, we struggle, don't we? It's hard. We need all the parts. And so over the last couple of months, you've seen some videos that we've put out. And those videos are this. They say, this is why I serve. And those people are sharing the abilities and the gifts that God gave them. And they use those to the glory of God to use their abilities to serve God well. We have one more of those videos this morning. I want you to watch this. This is why I serve. Well, it's hard to believe, but summer 2022 is all but over. Now, the last few weeks, we've been highlighting some of our Sunday morning service teams, our greeters and ushers, hospitality, sound, camera and pro presenter teams, kids ministry, nursery, and safety team. Now, we've done that for a couple of reasons. First of all, we want you to see a bit of what goes on so that we can be together for our Sunday worship services. But we've also asked you to think about where you fit. Have you done that yet? You see, God has gifted each one of us to serve the body, the family, the church. Paul says that when we all do what God has made us to do, we grow and we get stronger. This is what he means in Ephesians 4 when he says, when each part is working together, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now when Paul says that, he's not just talking about our individual growth, he's talking about our growth as a church. There's communal growth, there's corporate growth. God calls us to sacrifice together, to serve together, and to live for him in the body. And here we are. We're finally getting going on our own place to worship. After 20 years, it's happening. But the growth of the church is not this building going up. It's us working together to reach those who do not know Christ with the good news of the gospel. You see, we are the church. You are the church. Now this building, 
Well, we're praying that God will use this building as a wonderful tool for many years as we serve him together. But the church is us. What's your part? Have you figured it out yet? You know, sometimes you can only figure it out by jumping in and trying. What are you waiting for? God is using us here in the Oxford Hills, and we want you to be a part of it. This is why I serve. Folks, we need all of the gifts and abilities. I was thinking about the band as they were playing, and you had Talia, and you, you had Carson, and you had Nathan, and you had Justin, and you had Davey, and then the odd one out, the older one, <laughs> Catherine. But all of those people doing their individual thing and doing it well, did the band sound good? Yeah. Did they lead us well? Yeah, because they all, yeah, yeah, they did. They did a great job. Because they all did their part, right? Now, if Davey just stood up there with the bass, I was thinking about this while you were playing, dude. If Davey just stood up there with the bass line and played just the bass, I don't think we'd be able to sing with you, man. We might get a little bit because we know the song, but I don't think we'd get very, very far because it's just one part of something that's greater, right? And that's what the church needs. It needs the gifts and the abilities of the people Working together, serving together, doing their part. Now, let me say something about that. There's a cost. There's a cost. You know, for these folks to play, it took years of practice. They didn't pick their instrument up today and go, hey, I'm on this morning. I think I should learn how to play this today. Did they? There's a cost. It takes years of practice. It takes years of trying and sometimes failing. It takes years of figuring it out, but you don't figure it out unless you do it, if you try it, if you put yourself out there. Do you know that it also, the cost is this, that you're going to be misunderstood when you serve? There's people who are going to watch what you're doing and say, hey, why are you doing it that way? Or, or why aren't you doing this over here? Or, or why don't you put your time over here? Because we love this. Why don't you come with us and do this? And you're like, yeah, but that's not my gift and that's not my ability. I'm supposed to be here serving God. You'll be misunderstood. That's okay. It's all right. There's a cost for everything we do. Do you realize this, that if you've used your gift and your abilities really, really well, there's another cost? You're going to be tired. When you work hard and you do things well, it tires you out. There's a cost, and you've got to think about the cost. And are you willing to take and do what it takes to put the energy and the effort in to use your abilities for the good of the kingdom of God? Have you weighed out the cost? Have you tried? Have you, have you, have you done some of this and figured it out? That's, cost, that's, that's responsibility number one, and we all have it. We all have gifts and abilities that we can use. Are you using them? Responsibility number two is time. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16 say this, Pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. God looks at us and he says this, Look, the time on this earth is short. How many of you feel like time is short? How many of you feel like time's going faster? Yeah, it is. A year is not a year anymore. I think it's only about six months and they flip the calendar. I'm pretty sure that's what's going on. Time is short. 
And God only promises us a short amount of time. And you can use that time for yourself and your own good and your own glory and the things that you want and the things that you want to do. Or you can use that time for the kingdom of God and for what God wants and for his church and for those who need to know and and need to come to understand who Jesus Christ is. The time is yours to use. You've given and been allotted a certain amount of that time. The question is, is what are you going to do with your time? And God looks at us in Ephesians and he says this, redeem it, restore it, buy it. Use it for what is good. Don't look back at your life and go, wow, I lived all of that life. My time is gone and there's nothing in all of what I did that I see as valuable. I have great regrets for long sections of time in my life because I wasted it. And the people in my life and the events of my life weren't surrounded by me and God. They were just about me doing my thing. As a follower of Jesus Christ, you are responsible for your time. And he ends that little phrase there and he says this, redeem the time because the days are evil. And what I need you to understand is this, Satan is working overtime today to steal your time. He's working overtime to get you to focus on things that don't matter and for you to put all of your energy and all of your time in stuff that has no basis in eternity at all. And when you stand before God and you give account for your time that he gave you to use, you may look at that period of time and go, wow, what a waste. There's no eternal value here. Make the most of your time. Your time is finite. There's only a little bit of it. Now, the cost of your time, you ready for this? This is deep. You ready? The cost is, can you guess? Your time. Good job, Joellen. Your cost is your time. You only have so much time and you've got to use it. You're going to burn it up. And so the gift or the responsibility is the use of your time, but the cost is the use of your time. I don't know if you've done this before or not, but if you've ever jumped on your computer at some point and flipped on YouTube and you started scrolling on YouTube and you you got into something on YouTube and you were interested in whatever it was and you thought, well, I'll just take a minute to do this on YouTube. And the next thing you know, seven and a half hours have gone by. (laughs) That time is gone. You can't redeem it. You can't get it back. You just burned, the cost was your time. And you just burned your precious fuel just scrolling, 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 endlessly scrolling. And all that you could have done with your time, conversations that you could have had, things that you could have finished, all the stuff you could have done, gone, burned up. Your time. You're responsible as a Christ follower to use your time wisely for God. Responsibility number three that I want to give you is this. People don't like it in church when we talk about this, but we have to. Your responsibility is your money. Let me read these verses, 2 Corinthians 9. 
The point is this. The person who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. The person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. He's talking about how we use our money. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you, you need, you may excel in every good work. God looks at us, and here's the thing you've got to know as a Christ follower, first and foremost, God has given you what you have. I'm sorry, but we're not wise enough, and we're not strong enough, and we're not quick enough for us to really obtain much on our own without God's hand. And God says this in Scripture, that he blesses those who follow him, but also those who don't follow him. He blesses both. And whatever you have and whatever I have, it's from the hand of God. It's the blessing of God on my life. And so God says this, you can treat what I've given you one of two ways. You can either sow really sparingly with it. You could take and be a little bit generous with it. Or you can use it all for yourself and sow everything for your own good. Or you can be very generous and live life with an open hand. And you can give away what I've given you, what I've entrusted you with And you can use it for my glory. And if you do that, if you're generous, and if you don't do it reluctantly, if if you're not always looking saying, man, I I, I wish I could keep this, but I should give it to God. If if you just generously give it and cheerfully give it to God, God says, I'll bless you. Now, there's a couple principles here. One's a sowing reaping principle. And it doesn't mean this, that the more I give to God, God has to bless me more. Okay, that's not what that means. It just means that God looks at my heart and my heart attitude when I give. And when I'm generous in what I give, God can entrust me with more. That's the sowing reaping principle. The other principle that's found in this this passage is a heart principle. And the heart principle is this, is am I going to trust God to be my provider or am I going to trust me? Am I really going to say, God, look, this is all from you, and because it's from you, I trust you. I trust you to look after my life. That's the end of this verse, by the way. He says this, I'll provide everything that you need. Let me ask you this question as a Christ follower. Has God ever let you down? Has he ever not provided what you actually needed? I can look at my life and God has more than provided. He has blessed us. And when I give and I give cheerfully, God continues to bless and encourage my heart. Now there's a cost to this. And like time, the cost is the same as the responsibility. What's the cost? Money. And I know we don't like to have that conversation in church because everybody says, oh, the church is just all about your money. No, the church isn't all about your money. But God is all about your money. You want to know why God is all about your money? Because your money proves where your heart is. Let me say that again. Your money, what you do, how you handle your money proves who actually has your heart. Does God have it or do you have it? Does God have it or does the world have it? Does God have it or does enjoyment have it? Does God have it or does possessions have it? And so my money, how I handle my money, what I do with my money, proves before God where my heart is. So the test, 
The cost, well, it's my money. It's what I'm willing to do with my money. Fourth responsibility this morning is this, accountability. Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 say this, Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in a wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted. Carry one another's burdens. What's that phrase say? What does it say? You say it. Carry one another's. Do it again because some of you fell asleep while I was talking. So ready? Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. What did it say? What was that phrase again? Carry one another's burdens. That's called accountability. Accountability isn't just somebody looking in your life asking if you're doing right and wrong. That's not it. Accountability is showing up in each other's life and caring for one another. It's helping one another out. It's, it's reaching down when there's a burden that's heavy to carry for a friend and carrying that with them. It's showing up with them. It's, it's crying with them. It's laughing with them. It's walking through the difficulties with them. It's going through the unknown with them. It's helping them with things that, that they don't even know where they're going to go and you don't either, but it's showing up and being there with them and for them. That's what accountability is all about. Now let me tell you something about accountability. We get a wrong picture. We think that I have to be accountable to the whole church and there are times when I do need to. But that's actually rare. What you really need in your life is you need one or two other people that you can be accountable with, that you can share life with. See, you can't be close to everybody that's in the church. I can't be close to everybody that's in the church. But I can have one or two people or three people in my life who get to speak into my life. They get to see my life. They get to look in on what's going on in my life and they get to hold me accountable to my life. They get to carry my burdens with me and I get to carry theirs with them. Now there's a cost to being accountable. Like everything else, there's a cost. And the cost is this. The cost is my availability. The cost is my honesty. The cost is my openness with people that are around me. That's the cost. And you got to count the cost. you got to ask the question, look, am, can I really be available? Can I really be honest with others? Can I look them in the eye and tell them what's really going on in my heart and my life? Can I do that? Can I really be that open with people? And when something hurts me, to look at them and say, hey, that hurt. Or when I'm happy and things are going well, say, wow, man, victory. Why don't you cheer with me? That's been great. Or when I'm down and I'm discouraged, come to them and say, man, this has been a hard week. It's my openness. It's my honesty. It's my availability with those who I live life with. And so this morning, we're asking you if you want to be a partner in what Mossbrook is doing and really a partner with the Church of Jesus Christ, we're asking you to be on mission. You'll notice this little partnership covenant that's in, in, your, in your cup holder there. And you can read down through this. You'll see one of these next week that has a place for you to sign on it. But what we're asking is we're saying, look, can you be on mission can you be part of the team? Can you use your gifts and your abilities for the glory of God and for the, the church and for, for God's kingdom? Can you care for one another? Can you be accountable to one another? Can you use your money and your time in service to Jesus Christ? Can you put all that you have with the body of Jesus Christ to make a difference for the body of Jesus Christ? That's really what we're asking. 
And as Christ followers, guess what? We're responsible to do those things anyway. So why not do them together? Why not work together to serve the body of Jesus Christ? But don't forget, as you're reading those and you're making up your mind and you're deciding, don't forget, there's a cost. The cost is great, but let me tell you something about the cost. The cost is on both sides. There's a cost if you partnership, but there's a cost if you don't. There's a cost if you say I'm all in and and it requires something of me, but, but if you choose not to partner with God, the cost is really high. And there's incredible loneliness and emptiness in living life for self, and that's the cost. And there's a lot of people who've lived life and come to the end and say, wow, what a mistake. Because I didn't partner with God and his people as a Christ follower, I lived a very lonely, empty life. And I've come to the end without making a difference for the kingdom of God. Who do you want to partner with? Do you want to partner with God and his people? Or do you want to partner with me, myself, and I? The choice is yours. We're going to sing together, and then I'll come back and close this in a word, but a word of prayer. But as we're singing, think through. Where are you as a Christ follower? Are you a partner with God's church doing God's thing his way? Join us as we sing. The reason we'd call you to these responsibilities is because of Jesus. It's because of what we just said. He paid a really high price for us. And it's really not too much for him to ask that we would give our life in return for our freedom and our hope and our restoration. And so this morning, I'm not calling you to Mossbrook Church. It's not about Mossbrook Church. It's about what Christ has done in you and for you. And it's about you responding and saying yes to him and saying, hey, look, you gave your all so I could be restored to my Father and I have freedom in you. I'm guilt-free as I stand before my Father because of what Jesus did. And because you paid such a high price, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm all yours. Father, would you grant us the courage and the strength to live out what we know to be true? Thank you. Thank you for the ultimate gift that was paid, the the ultimate price that was paid for me for these folks so that we could be free to be in your presence so that we could have a relationship with you so that we could spend eternity with you. Thank you for that. We don't deserve it. We understand that. The price was way too much for us to pay. But you could and you did. Thanks. So would you help us in in turn to give our lives completely to you, to allow you to be our Lord and Master, to say yes to you to accept the cost it's minuscule in light of what you've paid and to accept the responsibility of living out our faith for the good of others so others may know you so others could be free in your name we pray amen have a great week